1: Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so, large device or small, through your favorite podcatcher, gpb.org, or the GPB Sports app. It's a fun show this week, and uh, we don't have to use any cardboard cutouts. Nope. Because you made it back safely.
2: Here I am.
0: From Arizona. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, Nikki Noto Palmer filled in for you on Friday night for Football Fridays in Georgia
0: flawlessly, I might add.
1: And it was it was good to see Nick before uh, the championships, and mm-hmm. so it was uh, good to catch up with her. And so we had a, a game that uh, in a region that is crazy with uh, Carrollton and South Paulding. First time at South Paulding was on our air on Football Fridays in Georgia. The region was crazy going in. Mm -hmm. With all of the results after the fact, the region is just as crazy, if not crazier, with the dominant win by Carrollton.
0: Yeah, let's recap that game really quick. It was Carrollton versus South Paulding at Grisham Stadium for the Trojans' homecoming and the home team got the win 40 to 13 senior quarterback MJ Morris was 16 of 24 passing for 300 yards and four touchdowns while sophomore running back Bryce Hicks rushed for 166 yards and a touchdown reception junior wide receiver Takare Lipscomb There you go
1: Takare got Lipscomb there you
0: go got it had seven receptions for 118 yards and two TDs next up for them will be Paulding County but I was sad to miss it my girl Nikki filled in for me while I was flying Across the country yes, to Arizona. from one
1: end of the country to the other, so you could partake in a, a wedding.
0: A wedding. I've got, unfortunately— Not your own. Unfortunately, one more wedding this football season. All these COVID weddings are being rescheduled. Why? And, but
1: football season!
0: But when you're the matron of honor in the wedding, you can't miss it. You can't miss it. Oh, okay. Believe me, I have missed so many so many football games. So many weddings <laughs> for football games. It's just a little bit different when you have to have a big responsibility. Oh, but okay. I digress. So, oh,
1: but I was going to say, I need a judgment call here from Commander Sandy. Because this week we've got Commander Sandy, King James, and Alex the Great. Ooh, Alex the Great.
0: Who, are, Ooh, who, are, the Great. who nice.
1: are in this week. Okay, so weddings scheduled during football season. For Sandy, Sandy, you what? don't
0: go. No, you no, don't go. Not good. No. <laughs> yeah, you don't go. But you don't go. But if you are the matron of honor, okay. I think so you know, right. there is a there's a. There's a line.
1: There's there. a there's right. a, hierarchy, yes, a hierarchy. A hierarchy That's of a denial here.
2: Yes.
0: Okay. You get like a doctor's note. Yeah. For, yes. for work. There you go. Okay. <laughs> please excuse Hannah.
1: Yeah. Please excuse Hannah from this wedding because it's football season. That's the only thing that you need or to put. Or vice up. versa. Signed on please excuse Hannah from football season because of this wedding? Yeah. No such thing. Well, that that it note, happened. That note does not exist. But no, to uh, it happened. Go back into region play real quick. Uh, here's how things are now in Region 5-6A mm-hmm. after the win. Douglas County is the only team that is still undefeated, three and zero and six and zero. Now, and no one said there'd be math on this show, but there might be math by the time we're done. Right now, at two and one, mm-hmm. Carrollton, Alexander, Rome, and South Paulding—they're all at two and one. So what it's going to look like is five teams for four spots in Region 5-6A as wow. we head down to the wire in their final four or five games this year.
0: Wow, wow. What was the homecoming atmosphere like?
1: Um, it was You had all of the homecoming stuff before the game and during halftime. So we didn't even have uh, Nikki tossed to uh, the Carrollton band. Oh,
0: no bands.
1: The, well, the South Paulding band did uh, did perform a little bit. before. I think they were before the game. But Carrollton performed after the game. And so the football team didn't go in for their post-game meetings or anything Mm -hmm. until after the band performed. So you had your band performance after the game instead with all of the pomp and circumstance and homecoming stuff that was going on beforehand.
0: I love a homecoming game. Just love the atmosphere. I'm so jealous that you get to be on the field. I mean, I love the studio. Don't get me wrong. The studio is phenomenal. I don't have to drive. I get to go home. (laughs) It takes like 20 minutes to get home after instead of driving in an hour and a half. Yeah. But I really miss the, the Friday night football atmosphere. It was, it, was, it was
1: great to be out at Grisham Stadium. First time that we've been out at Grisham Stadium mm-hmm. for a game. We've had Carrollton on our air before, but that was at Rome at Barron Stadium a couple of years ago. This is the first time at Grisham Stadium. It was a great environment, one of the great football towns here in the state of Georgia. Glad that we could be there for Football Fridays when it came to uh, Carrollton and South Paulding in a big region matchup. Another statement game, mm-hmm. statement win for Joey King in a must-win situation.
0: All right, well there was more great atmospheres, football atmospheres around the state. Week seven is in the books. Mm -hmm. And this week I'm gonna take a look at undefeated's thirty four teams. Sure. Still undefeated across the state. Let's start with Collins Hill. Mm -hmm. They got a sixty three to nothing shutout victory over Peachtree Ridge. Right. Poor Peachtree Ridge puts them at 7-0 on the year. Quarterback Sam Horn passed for 279 yards and four touchdowns. He became Gwinnett County's all-time passing yards leader with more than 7,800 yards you also have all-state wide receiver Travis Hunter who suffered that lower leg injury mm-hmm. that could keep him out for a few weeks they say maybe 6 weeks but mm-hmm. john yes. apparently he was at Georgia for an official visit for the Arkansas game this past saturday so he can't be too hurt
1: well i mean we got uh, Lenny Gregory on the mm-hmm. post game show and it, we cuz social media was running rampant yeah. about oh Travis Hunter he's leaving in an ambulance and it, social media exploded and so we were we were in a really good spot to bring in lenny gregory to talk about it and all of the indications that he was giving us on the air on the post game show was that it was going to be a couple of weeks could be as many as six but right now that puts you in the playoffs and you just uh, you're looking Mm -hmm. for travis hunter to be there with sam horn for your stretch run so number one player in the country not a surprise that he went to the the georgia arkansas game Considering that right now he is, uh, he's still declared to Florida State, but uh, you see that I'm not holding my breath.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, I'm John. not
1: going to. I wouldn't. I'm not. No.
0: All right. Also, hey, we did
1: beat Syracuse, though. Hey, we one and four. Oh. All
0: right. We won't talk about the Ole Miss game. We'll just
1: uh, <laughs> just keep going.
0: We'll just uh, power right through that.
1: Next undefeated.
0: Also in seven A, Mill Creek goes six and zero with a thirty six to seventeen win over North Gwinnett.
1: They were trailing at one point and came back to win. So it's a great win for them. And I think that once again, you're looking at that game late in the year, Mill Creek and Collins Hill, to determine region champ. So we'll keep an eye on that in the next couple of weeks.
0: And six, say I love this one. Brunswick six and zero thrashed South Effingham fifty-six to twenty-one. You had T.J. Mitchell with three receptions, all for touchdowns. So that's, that's fun. That's, that's good. That's fun. Covering one hundred and sixty-two yards.
1: Yep. And Sean Pender's team now six and zero. They got the city championship with them uh, beating uh, Glen Academy on the, the last of uh, the field goal in overtime to get the win. Now and so right now you're six and zero. Making a charge in 6A, although I know a lot of folks in 6A are looking at Buford and Lee County. But Brunswick, right there, top five in a lot of polls in 6A.
0: Speaking of the coast, we finally got our ESPN Coastal guys yes. on the postgame show after trying for four, <laughs> four weeks.
1: Glad to have Christian Gokel <laughs> on to discuss what was going on yeah. down there on the coast, especially with uh, the Benedictine win on Thursday over Burke County, plus their game of the week mm-hmm. that they had where they got to keep an eye on New Hampstead.
0: 5A Warner Robins continues to show out beating Camden County 77. Yep, you heard, that's that's right, 77 to 34. The Demons put up a total of 675 total yards, scored its most points in a game since 1976 mm-hmm. and their lowest scoring game to date this season is 48 points still in the season opener versus Valdosta.
1: Well, and the thing about this one is is that it was 21-7 Warner Robbins at one point, then it was tied at 21, tied at 21. So you go from being tied at 21. Mm-hmm. So what's the final math here? 56 to 13 from that point in the second quarter. That's what Warner Robbins did. That's wild. And so you're looking at, <clears throat> once again, you're looking at Warner Robbins and Cartersville and Coffee and Ware. And right now, Warner Robbins with the week off, they go into region play October 15th. They have to go to Waycross.
0: To well, start week off region. though, week of rest. Oh man.
1: Yeah, but yeah, you come back. You have got region play, and you're traveling to Veterans Memorial Stadium in Waycross to take on Ware County. That, that, region 158 would not surprise me if three of the teams were in the final four in 5A. Okay.
0: Uh, that'll be that'll be on the scoreboard. Yes, it will for next week.
1: Oh, well, yeah, not this week. Next week.
0: Four A Jefferson also six and zero after beating East Hall sixty three to nothing. The Dragons mm-hmm. led forty nine to nothing at halftime. Yep, wow, yeah, good job.
1: and Dragons just keep right on rolling with yep. Coach Cathcart six and zero there uh, at Cedar Shoals on Friday night. But yeah, Jefferson right now your number one team in Quad A and undeservedly so.
0: All right, a couple more three A Oconee County also six and zero with a thirty five to seven win over East Jackson. C J Jones rushed for one hundred and seventy one yards and four touchdowns on fifty. On 15 carries, not 50 carries. 15 carries, big night for him. So Oconee County, still going strong.
1: Yep, yeah, and, you know, once again, anticipated to be fighting for the final game of the year in mm-hmm. AAA. This, this week, they go to Hartwell to go up against the Hart County Bulldogs, two teams at 6-0. and And so it's Travis Nolan and Rance Gillespie. That's mm, going to be a fun one. That's
0: going to be a good one. I'll put that on my scoreboard, yes. too, and let me make a note. And finally, single-A private Trinity Christian still undefeated, also 6-0, with a 34-3 win over Elka. The mm-hmm. Lions had three interceptions and a forced fumble, so big defensive night for them. But, man, that's a big win over Elka.
1: Yeah, and I know a lot of folks are looking at Eagles Landing Christian and Trinity Christian as a part of the discussion toward the last game of the year in single-A private. You're looking at Calvary Day as well. They had a big win. They're an undefeated. They're now 7-0 and after knocking off Stratford Academy, 42-6. So I still think that there's that that group or the gaggle of folks that are going to be at the top in uh, chasing after an undefeated regular season in single-A private.
0: All right. One more topic of conversation before we bring on our guest. Sure. And that is the realignment meeting happened last week. Yep. The votes are in. John, tell us what happened.
1: It is looking closer that you're going to have— a, a multiplier of three now when it comes to reclassification, reorganization, and how things are going to be looking over the the next round of schedules starting in 2022-23 season. Looks like the multiplier is going to be three for private schools and city schools. Mm-hmm. And there is uh, – so you could have teams that are in Quad A now that are a private school. They could be playing in 6 or 7A in the next go-round. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, you could – in the case of uh, Commander Sandy, who knows – about enrollment at Decatur, you may not have a whole lot of movement where Decatur is concerned with the multiplier just because of everyone already living within the city limits. So you wouldn't necessarily be as affected as a lot of other folks if this comes to pass.
0: Yeah, that's true. They A couple of years ago, the, the enrollment
2: and capacity in the school, is is uh, they're pretty saturated, so they really don't have many outside their zone. So I don't think they'd be really uh, – affected much at all. I think St. Pius is one that is going to see a jump.
1: Yeah, you're looking at Pius, Lovett, Woodward, Mm -hmm. Westminster, and then a lot of the city schools like Buford and Carrollton, I think, and Calhoun, I think, might be a a big jumper as well. But just keep an eye on it when this becomes officially official. If the triple, if the three times multiplier instead of the one and a half or two that we've seen in the past, if it turns into a three, you could have a lot of folks jumping multiple classifications and i know there was some concern on the coast for uh, the well-being of student athletes because if you're a single A private school and your multiplier from a lot from your student body is you know of a, a higher percentage you could be going from single A to quad A as an example and there's a concern about the health and welfare of your student athletes and so in the past last go round of reclassification i think there were 24 schools that were reclassified. Mm -hmm. 17 of them won their appeals. I don't know how this would apply to a private school and a multiplier, but we'll see how this goes.
0: And you're talking about St. Pius jumping up to 7A?
1: In theory, yeah. If the multiple Is... if, in theory if this was to happen just as an example, you could see private schools jumping up 3 or 4 classifications from single A to double or triple, maybe even a quad. It just depends on the layout, but yeah, it could make for some interesting bedfellows next time around. So
0: right now they're 5A. Yeah. I mean, that would just change mm-hmm. competition across the board. Now right. we're talking about are we talking about just one are they doing the separate sports?
1: mm Mhm. No, it's, it's for all—this so would be across not, they're not the board. are not doing that anymore. This would be across the board mm-hmm. for all of the—and that was a proposal mm-hmm. that was brought up by mm-hmm. Tim Hardy at Greater Atlanta Christian. And we might have him on to talk about it once this becomes yeah, official because of his one. alternate proposal. But right now, this would be in all sports across the board. Wow. And it could look like multiple jumps in classification for some of these schools.
0: Wow. Wow. That's going to be yeah, very we'll interesting. Mm-hmm. The struggle is going to be real for mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> for a little bit. It could be. All right. Guest time. Yes, we've, got guest a, time. we've got a great one yeah. this week. It
1: was very cool to catch up with J. Bo Shaw, the head mm-hmm. coach at uh, Rabin County, and find out what life is like for him as a coach's son, what it's like to be in the northeast corner of the state and kind of be by yourself when it comes to scheduling. How difficult is it to schedule teams? What's it like having a quarterback that has the attention of this planet and all the other planets in the solar system? And Gunnar Stockton, it was fun stuff.
0: Coach Shaw, you go 5-1 and one on the year after a 28-21 to 21 win over Pierce County. Friday night on the road, tell us about your game and what was the biggest difference?
2: Yeah, number one, I've got incredible respect and, uh, and just – really really appreciate the hospitality and and what pierce stands for in their program and uh just they do things the right way you can tell it they have a ton of pride in their football program in their town pierce county and their high school it's just uh it was a lot of fun it was a great high school football game and in, in the state of georgia and uh i've got a tremendous amount of respect for how they do things it, it was a it was a great ball game uh i thought our kids handled the trip really well. We left on Thursday, uh, probably around lunch, mm. and, and we ended up staying on uh, in Statesboro, uh, which was, I guess, probably about another couple of hours outside of uh, Blackshear. So, uh, you know, stayed stayed in Statesboro Thursday, did some meetings, walkthroughs, and that type stuff, and then uh, made the trip to, to Pierce on Friday. And I thought our our leadership was through the roof. I just all, – all week of practice and uh, leading up to that game, I thought the leadership of our football team and, and having 23 seniors showed for us and uh, being able to handle a lot of different things on that happened on Friday night. But I think the number one thing was being able to uh, control – our emotions in a, in a big-time atmosphere and a big-time game and going and executing our game plan on all three phases of the game. So just really, really proud of our coaching staff, our team, our leadership. Uh, it was a good night for, for Raven County and a great night of high school football in the state of Georgia.
1: Let me ask you this. Because – you are what you are as a program and all of the national attention that you get as a program. How difficult is it to schedule non-region games because of your reputation these days? Or is it easy to schedule non-region games like a game against Pierce because people want to sit there and they want to challenge themselves? What is scheduling like for you these days?
2: It's difficult. And uh, I think a lot of different things Play into it. I think uh, our location is is not the easiest. It's, I mean, I'm biased, but it's one of the most beautiful spots in the state of Georgia. Been there, seen it, know
1: exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> uh,
2: but it's not uh, it's not that easy um, to get here. Um, as far as just we're tucked up into the corner of northeast Georgia, and we're we're butted up against. Uh, we're five minutes or ten minutes from the North Carolina state line and then the same way in the South Carolina. So I think location plays a part. Um, You know, I, I, I do think, uh, you know, we're, and it's a compliment and, and the kids have worked extremely hard and past coaches and everybody that's tried to build this program to where it is now. I think there's a level of, um, you know, we're not going to get a bunch of cupcake games. Uh, I say cupcake. I don't, I don't mean any, disrespect to anybody, Uh, but it's going to be your, um, you know, have to go up in, (coughs) excuse me, up in classification probably to find some non-region games. So uh, it is, it is, it has been difficult. COVID definitely has, has not helped uh, when it comes to that stuff. And then also being in a, in a small region, there's only five teams in our region that play football. So, uh, you're, you're essentially getting, having to go get six non-region games. So all those, I think, play a, play a big role into, into trying to find non-region games. And, uh, so we're, we try to make the best of it. And then, you know, we feel it's important, uh, and I feel it's important as the head coach to, to go get very challenging non-region games. And I, I think the two that jump out are for us this year and both of them being on the road was obviously with Jefferson mm-hmm. the, the the one we opened up with with the class 4A number 1 team in the state and then obviously you know Pierce and what they what they've done the past year and what they what they stand for so I think there's a uh, a healthy balance of taking care of your team but also being challenged when you needed to be challenged and and uh, moving forward. But it is difficult, but we make the best of it. We know we're not the only ones that have a hard time, and and, uh, we just make the best of it and keep rolling.
0: Jefferson, your only loss of the season. It's been all non-region play. You have your first region game coming up this Friday. I want to preview that in just a minute. I don't quite want to turn the page on last week yet. (laughs) I (laughs) want to talk about quarterback Gunnar Stockton and and how he accounted for every play, offensive play, except for four. Okay, here's some of his stats just from last Friday. (laughs) 17 of 28 passing for 247 yards, three TDs. Rush for another 102 yards in a TD on 28 carries. So he's running back, he's quarterback, he's everybody. What do you think about his performance this past week?
2: Well, he was special. I mean, he really was. And and obviously, am I excited that he carried the football 28?
0: <laughs> no. no. Uh, uh,
2: uh, I'm not overly excited about that. But obviously you know, that was a quarterfinal, semifinal type atmosphere type game. And, uh, you know, we, we knew if we were going to have a shot, you know, we were going to obviously put the ball in one of our best players, the best player on our team's hands. And, uh, you know, and some of those were obviously it wasn't, you know, 28 design quarterback runs. It was scramble some, some stuff, zone read, and he ended up pulling the ball. And, uh, you know, when when Gunnar is such a competitor, so he plays every down like it's fourth and one. And um, you know, obviously there's some times I I wish he'd slide or he,
0: <laughs> throw that
2: ball away. But the competitive side of him it's a it's a huge compliment to him uh as far as just being a competitor, wanting to compete, wanting to do everything in his power to try and <clears throat> oh, excuse me, lead Raven County to a win so he was he was very special special in in a lot of a lot of different ways. I thought he was really good on third down the other night and uh obviously when we got in the red zone he was able to uh to punch the ball in when we needed to and and uh we went through some some highs and lows the other night just like uh any big time game and I thought he managed his emotions managed the highs and the lows very very well at, at a elite level so it was it was a lot of fun and anytime Gunner's taking a snap uh you feel like you got a shot to win all
1: right get a sip of water I'll I'll, I'll get this question I'll make this question a little longer than the average question for build-up so you can get oh a boy. sip of water so <laughs> I mean you know we talked about Gunner with the expectations and everything that we've seen from him as he has started as quarterback there at Rabin County with all of the the national attention that's there, let me ask you this. When it comes to Gunnar Stockton, do you remember, one, what your first impression of him was and when that was? Two, was there a moment when you sat there and said, looking at one quarterback to another, yeah, this is going to be a special student athlete?
2: Um. To answer number one, uh, I don't remember how old he was, but I know he was playing um, probably, you know, one of his last couple of years of little league, uh, maybe middle school, early, early middle school, um, what he was was able to do with a football at that age. (laughs) You know, being able to – the way he maneuvered his body, the way his throwing mechanics, his – just – You know, it's it's very rare and very like, when you first see it, it's hard to put into words. I mean, it's just like, wow, um, uh, what can this kid do in the next four, five, six years when he starts really growing up and maturing? So I think that was the first. It was, again, I don't remember the age, but it may have been early middle school. uh, Like sixth,
1: seventh grade, kind of.
2: Yes, yes. You know, what just what he was able to do uh, and with a football at that age uh, and the throws that he could make and, and uh, being a son of a coach and the toughness and uh, wanting to compete and just wanting to win at, you know, at everything he does. And then uh, to answer your second part, um, you know, there's been so many special Gunner moments when you look back through his four years, he's been a four-year starter for us and, um, just all the moments I think of, uh, you know, the, the 20, I guess it would have been 2019 opening game down at Bremen or down at Georgia Southern, where we played Bremen in the earth Russell classic. And I mean, he goes for, I mean, those for over 300 rushes for over 200, like seven touchdowns <laughs> or six touchdowns in his opening game as a sophomore year, uh, just, that's a moment. Obviously, leading a football team to the quarterfinals as a as a freshman, you um, know, not even been able to drive yet. I mean, there's there's so many special moments, and and uh, when you look back at this thing, uh, when we're all said and done, um, you know, it's just it'll be very special and very close to me and my heart as his head coach, and you know, obviously I, our families have been connected for a very very long time, and uh, I've watched Gunner grow up since he could basically walk. And, uh, and then his parents have seen me grow up since I could walk. It's just, <laughs> it's a very, uh, wow. it's a very special situation. Uh, my dad coached Gunner's dad here at Rabin. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, my mom babysitted, Ra, uh, Gunner's mom in Raven, So the, our families are connected in so, in so many different ways. And, and, uh, just, there's a lot of special moments, but I think the biggest thing, and, and you maybe maybe have heard me say it before, as a good of a player and quarterback he is, he's a better young man, better role model in our community, better student, um, just a just very special individual.
0: I did not realize all the family ties. Yeah, that is yeah, that is it goes, very special. It goes
2: back. Uh, it goes back a long way.
0: Well, you've got some other playmakers on your team as well that surround him and make him as good as he is, too. You have junior wide receiver Jaden Gibson. He had six receptions for 161 yards and a score on Friday. I guess that was a part of the four offensive plays that Gunnar didn't No, 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 because you have to in. throw the
1: ball to Jaden, <laughs> so he is still officially involved.
0: Okay, so it was Gunnar and Jaden. <laughs> part
2: and parcel, yeah.
0: So uh, talk about how special some of your other playmakers are as well
2: yeah i think uh the other night and and not just the other night throughout our year uh they've gotten better and better and and uh especially the other night they you know guys made some big time plays when we needed it needed it the most and and Jaden is certainly one of those guys um you know Jaden has been very explosive for us um i mean he's had multiple games of over a hundred yards. I think at one point he was leading the state and receiving yards at some point. Um, I don't know where he sits right now. Uh, but he was, he was up there. Uh, so he's definitely an explosive guy for us. He's another son of a coach. Um, I'm so, noticing a and, trend
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> he is, uh,
2: he's a, he's a good player. He, he's, uh, he does a lot of different things for us Then just going, you know, I think one thing that, uh, not necessarily gets overlooked, but um, that doesn't get talked about a whole lot. You know, our offensive line, our five mm-hmm. offensive linemen are all seniors. Every one of them are seniors and have been playing with each other pretty much with Gunner since, I mean, late uh, little league ball slash uh, uh, middle school. I mean, they've all been together. They're a part of those 22, obviously 22, 23 seniors. And when you have five offensive linemen that, played a lot of football together. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to uh, recreate. It's hard to replace. It's because of what those guys do uh, on a daily basis. And then so feel, feel very strong about our offensive line. And then just some of our other skill players, Lane Windham, our running back, had a really good night the other night. Um, you know, he's been explosive in the run game and the pass game for us. Um, and then, Baxley O'Brien, a tight end that we've got, I think he's one of the most underrated uh, tight ends that's kind of out there right now. Um, His recruitment will pick up the more games we play, and uh, I'm excited about his future. He's a really good player for us. And then the other two receivers, Ethan Clark and Tate Ramey, they do everything right. They've been in our program since they could pretty much, hold a football they've been raven county wildcats and all they've wanted to do is play for raven county and represent raven county the right way so they're uh they're as steady as they come and they do a lot of different things for us so that's kind of our our offense in a, in a hole and uh we were able to put some things together the other night that were that were pretty special against a really really good pierce county defense and and uh what they pride themselves on
1: on our recruiting 2021 show We have a segment that we do at the end that's called Make That Kid an Offer. And what we like to do there is focus on student-athletes that are the complete package on the field, off the field, classroom, community, grades, test scores, the whole thing. And for whatever reason, they're overlooked, underlooked, underappreciated, understarred, if you believe in the star system. Who would be some of those folks that you would think, uh, along, I guess, the lines with Baxley, that would yeah. be in that make that kid an offer or make that kid a better offer idea for you up there?
2: Yeah, I think, number one, start with Baxley. Um, you know, he he does everything right. He's yes or no, sir. He's the His GPA is, I'm sure, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I'm sure it's as close to a 4.0 or if not a 4.0. Um, and he's a he's probably six two, probably two twenty, And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of time before I truly think, uh, it gets heated up for him. I think, uh, obviously Jaden Gibson, um, and what the kind of year that he is putting up right now. Um, of course he is only a junior, so he's got a whole nother year, um, ahead for him. And then a couple of guys on our defense, I think Turner Grimmett, he's a coach's son. Um, you know he's he he's a been basically been a four year starter for us. Um, and he plays outside linebacker and uh, is kind of the the guy that knows every position on our defense, whether it's the defensive line or linebackers or or in the secondary. He could probably tell you where everybody should line up, the perfect call, what we need to do, and and he's an extremely talented and gifted uh, individual. So those are those are kind of the three guys. I mean. You could throw Lane Windham in the mix, Um, you know, but he he's a junior as well. Um, So we've just we've been very fortunate to uh, to have some guys that that understand. If we take care of our business and we go about our business the right way, good things happen to good people and and hard work works. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. And and uh, and certainly appreciate you guys doing that segment and and taking care of some some high school kids that that wouldn't get that exposure
0: yeah it's it's a great segment it's been really successful we've had kids getting offers and so we'll have to compile a a new list there 2021 list yeah of all the kids that have gotten offers all right coach well you've been preparing for it all season region play begins friday against riverside military academy this will be a home game preview this one for us how are you preparing for them
2: well, I'm going to drop a bomb on y'all right now that you didn't know it was going to happen. Our first region game has been officially canceled. Yeah.
0: Oh, um, no.
2: <laughs> I say officially. Um, uh, it was, uh, they they notified GHSA, and it, they, they canceled it. Riverside canceled it Saturday. They notified G- GHSA this morning. Um, so I'm waiting on uh, Kevin uh, Giddens just to, to make sure. I do have a replacement opponent in in place ready to go contract hadn't been signed
0: okay but
2: hopefully it will be before this afternoon um so unfortunate when you know very uh, it will be a home game for us uh so at least our kids get to play at home yeah and, and it will still count as a region win for us uh okay. so in our standings so um I hate to to bell on you on a preview. It's just I, I, <laughs> well, if there's not a team to
1: preview not a anymore,
0: preview.
1: <laughs> well then, all right. So I've got a couple that I'll wrap up with you here. Uh, one, and it goes into the idea of having a home game, and uh, it's been a while since I've been up there, and it was when your dad was in charge, and it's two questions that have to do with that a little bit. For those that have never been up to that corner of the state, and they've never been to Tiger, and they've never been to a game there on, on the mountainside, what does football mean to Rabin County?
2: I think it's, uh, number one, you know, you, you think of the cliche, you know, uh, one-horse town shuts down, uh, but that honest to, honest to the good Lord, that, that's, that's our community. Um, I mean, it's going to shut down on a Friday night, um, and people are going to be in our stadium cheering on the Wildcats and, uh, you know, it's, it's so much fun. And if they're not in the, in the stands, then our local restaurants are going to stream the game at the restaurant. And uh, it's going to be talked about. There's a lot of pride. I think, uh, it's one of the things we hold very close to how the way we do things is the pride that, that everybody has for Raven County. And, and we want to represent Raven County the right way. Um, it's just a very unique we're a small town we're a class 2a school with about 600 kids in our in our in our our high school so it's a very tight-knit community uh everybody has known each other probably since elementary school moving primary elementary middle school everybody coming up together um it's a one-horse town that that cares a lot about football and and wants to see these young kids succeed and are willing to give the resources, and uh, do a lot of different things for our, our football program and our other sports programs to, to see our young people succeed in our community.
1: So then my last question for you has to do since you are a coach's son, and we've been talking yeah. about coaches' sons here. We're
0: coach's sh- sons. We're, we're keeping track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so now this
1: will be number five. What was the <laughs> first piece of advice that your dad, the coach, gave to you, the coach, that stuck with you and has stuck ever since?
2: I think the, the number one, and it's going to sound very simple, um, but it, it's sometimes you can get caught up in the, the hustle and trying to do different things uh, that may not be as simple as you may think. But it's those players are always priority number one, and I, and and you, and again, it sounds very simple, but every decision that I try to make within our football program moving forward or during a game or, or whatever it may be, it will be the player's priority will be number one. And I think that's player safety, play to, uh, you know, uh, you know, trying to get kids recruited, trying to mold them into being a better husband one day, father one day role model in our community. Um, I think a bunch of things cover that. And I think my dad, I was very, very, uh, you know, blessed and, and very, very thankful that I got to watch my dad do it at, you know, multiple different schools and uh, be a ball boy and a water boy, which I think is the is the best time of my life. And, and I love seeing on Friday nights. One of the parts that brought me back to high school football from from being in college for a little while when I got done playing. There's nothing, when you get to a game on a Friday night, and I, and I hope people take account into this, but kind of, I'm biased because I am I was that kid. When you get to a game on a Friday night, whether you're home or away, watch the ball boys play their own little simulated game yep. before the game. Before Absolutely, yeah. And see those little kids throwing the football back and forth. I mean, you, for me, I get emotional about it because I see myself and my brother, you know, however many years that was to go. So I think, uh, I think that's just really, really really special time for not only that dad and that son or even the little girl that's carrying the water bottles or has the pom-poms in her hands on the sideline. That's what makes high school football so special, especially in our state uh, and the state that we're in because football matters and there's unbelievable coaches and teams and guys that do it the right way. So sorry for the long-winded answer. It's all good, brother. All all we got
1: is time. It's all good. This is
2: great. but I, I'm uh, I'm very thankful that I got to grow up a coach's son, and and especially under a coach that did it the right way, and a dad that did it the right way, and and uh, being able to still give me advice to this day. So, uh, very very thankful for that.
1: So he's number one on your speed dial, huh?
2: There's <laughs> <laughs> no question, absolutely.
1: Well, J-Bo, thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. It's great to catch up with you and uh, great to get the vibe up there at Rabin County because I know a lot of folks have been keeping an eye on you for the last couple of seasons, especially with what's going on in your class. And folks are looking at a deep run all around the state. But thanks for hanging out with us here this week. We'll be keeping an eye and we'll catch up with you soon, my friend.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you all for everything you do for for high school in the state of Georgia. That's why we're the best, man. Thank you all.
0: I love what he said about the little girls with the pom poms and the water bottles. Hey, maybe little girls with footballs in their hands, uh-huh. flag football, yeah, you know? True. So
1: excellent plug, Nice done. I will, done. I
0: will definitely be raising. See now, this is what athletes, this is
1: what you, so. you, we need to talk to to, to Coach Shaw about as a flag football team out of Rabin County. Yes, see if they have one. I yeah. think that'd be pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So shout out, shout out to the little girls out there.
1: Yeah, no, it was very cool. And knowing his, knowing his dad, as I do, Mm -hmm. when uh, Lee took over the program, started the program at Flowery Branch and took them to the semifinals at the Georgia Dome and what it meant for them. And then he has the opportunity to go home to Rabin County and coach and was a head coach there for a while and got them, I think Charlie Warner was on the, on the team that was, uh, close to you know chasing after championships and things like that, but now Jabo is a legacy taking over for his dad, and it's just very cool to see all that kind of stuff going on.
0: He was a great interview. Yeah, he's, he really painted the picture of North Georgia football, yeah. and
1: he's very cool. Yeah. It's a, it's very cool to see this progression with Jabo. The one question I didn't get to ask him was who was the better peewee football player was it him or his brother Connor that's the other question
0: you know he's gonna say himself (laughs) the competition is real in that family I'm sure
1: no doubt about it but I just I would have liked to have gotten that one on tape
0: yeah just to have it
1: yeah just to have it on tape
0: all right, guys. Well, let's preview our game this Friday. We've got another good one. Mm-hmm. A pair of playoff contenders from Region Five Six A. That's going to be Roswell versus Cherokee. Roswell's five and one, one and zero in region play. Bounced back from a thirty-one to nineteen loss to Walton on our airwaves to be Etowah fifteen to six on Friday. Cherokee is three and three, one and zero in region play as well. Ended its three-game losing streak by beating Woodstock fifty-one to twenty on Friday. Cherokee leads the series 18-3, to 3, won last year's game 35-28 to 28 when both teams were state-ranked. That was a big one. Mm-hmm. So will it be a revenge game? Kickoff is set for 7.30 p.m., John.
1: Yep, we've been uh, we've shown this one on Football Fridays in Georgia before, so everybody knows what this rivalry is. Mm-hmm. Looking at Region 5-7A, here's how it lays out. Right now, Milton, Roswell, Cherokee. Right now, they're all 1-0. They're at the top. And since region play started last time out, you have Alpharetta, Etowah, and Woodstock, they're down at the 0-1-1. The so right now, it's two distinct groups, and Milton, Roswell, and Cherokee fighting for the 1, the 2, and the 3. Remember, you're looking for that home field advantage, and if you're the 3 seed, you're going on the road to take on a 2. Alpharetta, Etowah, and Woodstock, they're all chasing after that 4 seed. So whoever is the 4 seed out of Region 5, they're going on the road, but you've got Milton. We've had Roswell on our air this mm-hmm. year. You got to see them with the game against Walton. And Cherokee, it'll be good to have them back on our air. And it'll be good to see everybody up at Cherokee now too.
0: Yeah. And I'll be back. So
1: I'll be back.
0: <laughs> the most important part.
1: I'll be here. <laughs> I'm
0: just joking.
1: Yeah. Should be there. Should <laughs> should be there on the air in the studio, J this week.
0: It was weird. I was banned by our boss, Kevin Gurky, from I know watching that feeling. it live.
1: I know that feeling. I was
0: not allowed to watch it, so I rewatched it back on Saturday. <laughs> okay. And it was great. You guys did a great job.
1: Well, it was like I said, it was it was fun. It's always fun to do football Fridays in Georgia. We definitely missed you.
0: Mm-hmm. Glad Thank you're God. back. Thank you.
1: And uh, so, how's that cough?
0: Well, <laughs> I've probably sound <laughs> a little different on the past couple ah! podcasts. I've got like two cough drops, one in each cheek. Uh-huh. I just cannot get over these allergies. It's brutal. But the thing was, I did not cough one time. Th- I in was going to say,
1: I was going to. I did say. not
0: sneeze. I did not cough in Arizona. The moment I landed back in Atlanta, it is just inflammation all over again.
1: Recruiting 2021 starts up at 7 o'clock. And uh, let's see, uh, your interview with the Stars this week?
0: Yes. Lambert wide receiver Kojo Antwi. Mm Mm-hmm. He is committed to Ohio State over some top schools, so we have not confirmed a, confirmed a time with him yet, but I'll be talking to him very soon.
1: And Recruiting 2021 mm-hmm. airs at 7. Kickoff is a little after 7.30 on GPB, GPB TV, GPB.org, on the Twitters, on the GPB Sports app, available at iOS and Android. And it'll be a great region contest as teams are fighting for the home game and the two-seed right now. So we'll keep an eye on that And as we're getting into – we're past the halfway point of the season for a lot of these clubs, and so we'll see how it is for them as they're chasing after those uh, all-important home games and region seedings and ones and twos and things like that. So uh, business is about to pick up. Yes, it is. All uh, right,
0: that, that's a wrap.
1: There you go. So you want to send us home?
0: Um, You can do it.
1: Okay, then I'll do it for – commander sandy let's see there we go for commander sandy for alex the great and for king james and for hannah who's back but she's uh working on her cough drops i'm just john Play it safe everybody thanks for hanging out with us here it's another round of the football fridays in georgia podcast enjoy your game